Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an all-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting from the SCORE Hyundai Studios, presented by your local Hyundai dealers. Good morning and welcome to Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. We're going to flip things a little bit this morning with the start to the hoop season. Look, I know we're a couple of games into the bowl season and it's been an interesting couple of games, but it's still not too late to jump in on future bets. Take a look at win totals. They're being reposted each and every day. And I do that every year. I do a preview. Take a look in the middle of the season, late in the season, with our guy, Rick Camp. So why not do it right now? Now that we're all in that basketball mode with uh, basketball on our TVs every single night, we bring in Rick Camp at Rick C. Camp on X, NBA player props expert. Love to discuss futures as well. Campy, how you doing? I'm doing good, Joe. And it's funny that even for me, I've put a lot more focus into NFL this year with, you know, Survivor, you know, ATS pools and stuff. But Grinding in on NBA the last month has really felt good. And now that we have actual games and seeing examples of these teams, I am like, oh, yeah, the NFL's here, whatever. The NBA is back, and I can't get enough of it this early in the season. Maybe I'll get there at some point. Probably not, but I just love it. I know you have title futures thoughts, different props like number one seed in each conference. MVP, Rookie of the Year, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, Sixth Man, this clutch award that just started last year, and how we go about betting that. I know you have thoughts and picks on all of those, but we have to start with the Bulls. What are you thinking when it comes to the Bulls? I, I, I could throw odds out there like, oh, look, MVP, you got to go all the way down here. Oh, Caruso's the only one on the board for defensive player. Oh, Most Improved. There's a, th- they're all extreme long shots. What I find to be pretty telling is when I pull up the Coach of the Year, I have to go all the way to the bottom to see Billy Donovan. Yeah, The expectation is that the Bulls will not exceed expectations. And the expectation is a win total of 37 and a half. So why don't we start there with that in the background? Win total 37 and a half. And the other part is, will they participate in the play-in? They're the second favorite in the East. So middle of the road team, probably lean below average. And the idea is, yeah, there's a decent chance that they can be between the 7 and the 10 seed, just like last season. How do you handicap this bowl season? 
I think they are what a lot of people saw them as, is one of the teams that has the smallest win bands in the NBA, which means you know what they are. They are going to be a team that very likely is in that play-in mixed. Do I like them the second most of anybody to be in the play-in? Not really, but some of that implied odds that the Bulls have that don't go to other teams is other teams could exceed that area. That could be like an Indiana if they play well. That could be Atlanta or something like that, where the Bulls, it's like, no, it really seems like they top out as the seventh seed. So I definitely don't want to bet anything positive on the Bulls. And really, I don't want to bet too negative on the Bulls either, even with, you know, what seemed like more possibility that DeMar DeRozan could be traded in season, you know, regardless of what anybody's going to say on the Bulls side of things, it's either bet against them or just leave them alone. And I think most people are just tending to leave them alone. Like there's a lot of interesting teams in that area and the Bulls are just kind of like a medium that everybody goes around. You have your people that are high on Toronto, that are high on Indiana or Orlando, maybe even Brooklyn, but then it's like, oh yeah, the Bulls are there too. It's just a team that, especially from a betting perspective, I'm not putting a whole lot of thought to outside of, you know, seeing how usage goes for night-to-night props. They made sweeping changes three and a half years ago. I don't know what they're doing. Take this whatever direction you want. It doesn't have to be betting. What are they doing? I mean, it really seems like, and maybe this was the edict when this front office was brought in, was get to where you're good enough, get to be in the play-in mix, possibility of postseason revenue. But clearly falling in love with everyone you have and the floor of this team. Oh, wait, possibly... where, where have we heard this before, Campy? Well, exactly. <laughs> That's why you have to wonder how much of it is top of the organization versus the people running it now. And the thing is, people that think similarly to the people at the top of the organization are the ones that are getting hired for these gigs. So while it's different people in this situation, when given these bosses, this is how they operate. They've very clearly overvalued what each player is, especially the, what who they consider to be their stars and what their trade value is. Because I just don't know who's going to have the most value here. And if any of them are going to really bring back something that can spur the start of a rebuild, even though the bulls won't go for that in theory, that's what, if you asked a bunch of NBA experts, whether it's covering this team or covering the league as a whole, they've been waiting for this bulls team to blow up what they are after that first season where it's like, okay, it doesn't look like Lonzo ball is going to be back in those first 40 games were kind of an aberration. They have all this, all this sample size and they're still grasping to the Pat Beverly time and the with Lonzo ball time. And it absolutely sucks. Lonzo ball is gone and you can't bank on him ever being a part of this thing again, but it's really just a loser's mentality that it seems like they go out with. And when you're already having to have, you know, players only meetings after game one, game one, and you're not playing intense enough in a home opener, like I'm seeing red and their flags that are coming up about this team. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Not the Rose excuse. Now it's the Lonzo excuse. Overrating your own players. In reality, what can you get on the open market versus what you think you can get in the open market? If pushed, you'd go under 37 and a half wins, right? Yes. It's, I think it's going to be really close though. Really close. So you would not bet it. If I'm asking you to make a pick, you'd go under. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm there. I'm in that same spot. I'd feel a little bit stronger about the under, but that's projection. It's all projection, but I would expect that this roster isn't intact 
for the second half of the season. It would honestly be the best thing for the franchise to not have it be intact, to be at the spot where, you know, they're middling around 500, maybe trade DeMar DeRozan or something at the deadline, get next to nothing back. That'll help you immediately. And then that's where those losses add up and you start to dip under 500 and it'd be sweaty, but mm-hmm. that they could definitely go under this. Uh, talking NBA futures now with Rick Camp at Rick C. Camp on X NBA player props expert. Also fantastic with the futures. He's always keeping an eye on some potential value for you. So let's go over that. Uh, can't be here on early odds. Let's start with title slash conference. Branch out, then we'll hone in on a bunch of awards. Title slash conference odds. First, we start in the Eastern Conference. Those are your two favorites. Nearly co-favorites, depending where you're looking. The Celtics and the Bucks, both in that four to one range. Then it drops a little bit. Your third favorite is the Denver Nuggets. Then we go to the Phoenix Suns. Big separation outside of the top four. Now the odds double. We get down to the Lakers at 13 to one. Warriors 14, another drop off. Clippers mid 20s, along with the Sixers and Mavs. That's the top of the odds board when it comes to the title. Anything worth looking at right now? I actually, and maybe just very on brand for me, but I just needed to see Denver again with this, you know, slightly newer bench. And there's going to be ups and downs and possibly injuries for sure. I bet Denver plus 550 to win the title. I did. I know usually like now I like to wait a little bit, but I don't know how much longer the odds are going to get just because there's so much built in equity with this team. And when you look at all the variability is the West deep. Absolutely. But does it have that top end team to compete with the nuggets? I just don't know. I bet them because I know I'm going to regret not having it. And I don't know how much longer the odds are, are going to get to the point where do I want to be paying attention to this all year long, day in, day out, looking for where the Nuggets number changes 20 cents here or there? Mm-hmm. No. If I'm going to be building a title portfolio as the season goes on, I want Denver to be part of that. And I think six to one before the season or, okay, early on here, just losing 50 cents of value. Okay, fine. But I need, I just needed to see it and make sure that last postseason wasn't a total aberration and that this team still is very similar to the team that was there before they are. So I want to have something on them. That's all I have at the moment because those top two teams in the East are going to be really good as long as they're healthy. And that's one thing that you have those, you have those concerns with both of these teams, just with the age of, of Milwaukee. You do have to worry about that. Giannis has been missing more games lately. Porzingis, even though he's looked good, he's looked really good with the Celtics so far. He's always an injury risk. You just never know. You know, Drew Holiday's been missing more games here and there. The Celtics have a little bit more depth than Milwaukee, but I just feel like I'm not going to be losing too much value in letting this play out a little bit. And then if I had to go a little bit further away for a bit of a long shot, it wouldn't be for title necessarily, but let's say you get a bit of chaos theory in the East where the Celtics and Bucks can't stay enough healthy, or at least for postseason. That point, as long as Donovan Mitchell is still on the Cavs, a 30 to one number to win the title, you know, to win the East, seeing them at around 10 to one, that's a number that I can get behind. Some people like the Knicks at a longer number. I just don't know that they have as much upside in their roster. And with all the variability in Philly, Cleveland would be where I would go in the East if I had to go away from those top two teams. Well, staying at the top, what about the top record? 
Is there a number one seed bet that you would make for the East or West? Before the Lillard trade and holiday trades, I was really close to pulling the trigger on Cleveland for the one seed in the East, thinking they're a really good regular season team that might have some questions more in the playoffs, as we saw last season. I think they're going to win 50-plus games again. I just also think those other teams are going to do that as well. So nothing sexy in terms of top record in the East. So that that's not quite as fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not a believer in this Heat team at the moment. Like I just worry about their depth considering how many games Jimmy tends to miss or just he doesn't have the full workload offensively. I actually bet Atlanta to win that division and I took a uh, a flyer just a little sprinkle on Orlando to win that division at 10 to 1 when that number was available. Just thinking I want to play against Miami in a couple different ways. So it was those teams to win the division and then possibly Miami to be in the play in was like plus 250. That's something that I like as well. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670, The Score. My guest this morning, Rick Camp, making sure we get you uh, hooked up with some NBA futures. And it's time to go down the awards, Campy. We've got to start with MVP. You always start with MVP. We're going to hit all of these because I know you have a lot of thoughts. Embiid, your winner last year. Embiid is not the favorite. Embiid is the fifth favorite. Thinking that uh, chances are, is he going to put together a full season again and win it back-to-back like Giannis did? It's going to be tough, like Jokic did. Oh, Jokic, by the way, he's your favorite. He's plus 450. Also up there, Luka, Giannis, Jason Tatum, a very popular bet. I understand why, because with the Tatum angle, you don't have Damian Lillard taking votes away from Giannis. You don't have that situation where there's Devin Booker and Kevin Durant hurting each other with votes. What do you think for MVP? I usually have a bet that I feel real confident in early in the season, and I just don't have one at the moment. Tatum, there's a there's a rogue 10 to 1 out there. That's not bad. At that number, I would probably at least put a little something on him for me where I try to have a portfolio in these awards and I'm generally not rolling with just one ticket throughout the entire year. That's a good enough number where I would roll on Tatum, but most of the market is around plus 650, plus 700, Mm -hmm. and I'm not quite there at that number. Going down the board a little bit, we just mentioned Oklahoma City. If they are able to be, let's say, a top four team in, in the West. Like, let's say they are, their win total is 44 and a half. Let's say they get to like 47. He is uh, 18 to one to win MVP. He's gotten votes before, which is a big indicator. I think that's a good one. And also scrolling down a little bit, another team that I've mentioned that I like, Cleveland. If let's say they're able to win that division, be better than Milwaukee, be right up there with Boston. Donovan Mitchell, plus 3,400, 34 to one. I think makes a whole lot of sense because he's going to be the engine of that team. And that could also lead to uh, something we'll talk about later in terms of the clutch player award that he would make a lot of sense for that. And then it's just, how do you feel about any of these other teams? If you're someone that believes in the Warriors, I tend to not this year. You know, Steph Curry at 15 to one is hard to pass. You really don't go any further down the board because you're not going to get a hundred to ones or anything like that. Like some of these other awards, if big time, if, the Pelicans could stay healthy enough. Zion at 60 would make <laughs> sense, but I just can't bring myself to do it at this point. So Tatum at a longer number than what's in most of the market. Sure. Shea, Donovan Mitchell. And then I worry about the Suns guys just taking away from each other enough. So Booker would be my preferred play over Durant in this case, but I'm just not touching either of the Suns guys at the moment. 
All right, let's move on to another award that's going to be talked about a whole lot this season. It just might be an award that is not up for grabs for much of the year, though. And it's funny, all offseason, I heard a lot of cases from betters, anybody but Wemby. And I'm just sitting here thinking all offseason, is it really that complicated? I understand what you're saying. Is he going to put together a full season? Then, yeah, Chet is Chet Holmgren in a spot where it's going to be a very popular team. They're going to get a lot of attention. At least that's what the betting market is telling us. And then the usage for Scoot Henderson is going to be there. But the numbers stink. This could be the unicorn in Victor Wembenyama. And people are looking to go elsewhere. He's still pretty close to even money at minus 120 for Rookie of the Year. What do you think about Rookie of the Year? Yeah, I think it's uh, it's Victor. And, and people do not why, need to overthink Why are this. people looking for reasons not to go with Vic? I think just because they want more value when it's preseason. Or to be the, the smartest is, guy in the room. Yeah, exactly. I laugh. kept my mouth shut, saw that price come down. I want to say right after the draft, it was around, or right after the lottery, it was something like minus 200 along those lines. Right. It kept coming down, kept coming down, kept coming down. I don't like the Chet Holmgren pick because he's not going to be enough of a focal point of that offense. He's going to be a focal point of their defense. But he needs the body to grow a little bit, even with his great length that he has and great instincts and how he can move. If it wasn't for Victor Wembanyama, we'd be talking about how well he can move and how much ground he can cover. He's mm. going to be really good, but it's just not made for him with that team. Scoot Henderson's going to have a bunch of opportunity, but he's a guy who's on a bad team, who's a lead guard, who's not going to affect winning that much, which usually isn't a bother for a rookie of the year. But when the bar is so much higher, literally and figuratively with, with, with Victor Wembanyama, I got Wembanyama at plus 120. Once I saw it hit there, I'm like, I have to fire. And it was a multi-unit play for me. I'm just not going to overthink it. You saw in the first game down the stretch, you know, they went through him, which to a lot of people may be like, well, duh, but like Devin Vassell, very good player. He's, he's an underrated player who got a big contract that people were surprised about. Uh, Kelvin Johnson's a solid player as well. Like they have other options, but Wembenyama being able to show what he did, especially night one with five fouls and be able to play his game still and have pop understand the right sets to run to get him in the right position to succeed. He's going to win rookie of the year as long as he stays healthy. And I understand his frame is scary to people, but the way he trains, and if you just look at his track record playing over in Europe, where a lot of times the play is more physical than it is in the NBA, he's still played a boatload of games. Doesn't sound like they're going to rest him a lot. And that 65 game threshold does not count for rookie of the year. Let's not overthink it, people. He is winning the rookie of the year. If you can find that minus 120, I would still even play that right now and just set it and forget it. Don't worry about this market the rest of the year. Agree 100%. All right, Rick Camp, let's take a look at the coach of the year. It sounds like the majority of betters are living in the same range. They're avoiding the top three. They're looking for more value and they're finding it eh, between 16 and 22 to one. I've heard a lot of love for Quinn Snyder with Atlanta. You like them. I've heard love for Chris Finch, 22 to 1 with Minnesota. And also for Taylor Jenkins. You think the Grizzlies can have a strong season? Are you going with one of those names or somewhere else? I have some Chris Finch and I have some Quinn Snyder. So I'm kind of on par with a lot of people. Uh, they're at slightly longer numbers that I got them, but I think they are the ones that make the most sense. If someone else was going to crash the party, 
I could see if the Suns' defense is really good, which with Nurkic as your backline guy, that would be quite a feat. I think Vogel could get some consideration there. He's at a shorter number. I like Rick Carlisle too. If Indiana can defend enough, and they're going to be a blast to watch, and I would not be shocked if they're a top six team this year. Mm-hmm. If they were able to, let's say, sneak into the six seed, and your top six of the East are Boston, Milwaukee, in whatever order, Boston, Milwaukee, Cleveland, Philly, Atlanta, and Indy. And let's say Indiana is able to be a higher seed than the vaunted Miami Heat. That could really do a lot for him, along with having Tyrese Halliburton in the awkward place where he's already had the breakout year, so he can't win most improved. He's not going to win MVP, so you have to give credit for that team somewhere else. Well, it's not really going to go to someone for sixth man or rookie of the year. It's got to go to the coach. And it's a coach that's very well respected across the league that no one would feel bad about giving him that opportunity. All right, Campy. I want to talk about the in-season tournament, how we can bet that coming up, something new. What what are your angles there? But first, I know you've got plays on these. Hit me with most improved. It was Laurie Markinen last year. Hit me with six man of the year. For some reason, it was Brogdon. They killed us. We had a great number on quickly. And mm-hmm. Clutch, the debut of the Clutch Player of the Year, De'Aaron Fox wins it. So most improved player, six-man, and Clutch. What do you got? Most improved player, I've got two guys. And I think I'm in a great spot because most improved player has never been a number one pick. So you can cross Cade Cunningham off of that list right now. Number one pick should be that good. Mikel Bridges, the bar is too high for him to start. No, thank you. Jordan Poole, awful team. And Anthony Simons, same thing. Austin Reeves, will he have enough? Is he that good? The one that scares me off of my guys who are not at the bot, who are not at the shortest odds is Tyrese Maxey. If he's considered to be able to take enough of a step, I bet earlier in the off season, Franz Wagner at plus 3,500 in Orlando. I think Paolo Bancaro is going to be good, but I think Franz Wagner is going to be the guy that stirs the drink this year. And I think if Orlando is able to get into the play in and maybe get into that final eight, you know, like really have a strong showing. I think he's got a very good opportunity. And then after opening night, just wanting to see it again, how do you not bet Desmond Bain? Current, I got it plus 3,000. He's now at plus 2,500 with no John Morant for 25 games. And then John Morant working his way back in. Plus the injury to Steven Adams, if they're able to be a good enough team for him, I think more than a lot of these other candidates, how good they're able to be is going to matter a little bit more for his candidacy. There's going to be a want, if Memphis is really good, to say, well, this is in spite of John Morant. They did this despite what he does. So whether it's Taylor Jenkins for coach of the year or Desmond Bain showing he is a true blue, like 2A, 1B type player, I think that's a real good angle because he's going to get all the usage he can handle. For sixth man, this is a weird one for me this year. I think Norm Powell's got a really good chance. I think Bobby Portis has more runway than normal just with the lack of depth in Milwaukee. I went down the board a little bit. In Memphis, Luke Kennard is a guy that I think has an opportunity. Taylor Jenkins maybe is a little too loose with his minutes on who gets what game in and game out. So his numbers are on 100 to 1. And the other name I want to keep an eye on, and he had a great debut. He has a skill set that matters a lot for his team, but I don't know if he scores enough, is Jalen Johnson in Atlanta. He looked awesome opening night. And then one that I do want to caution people on a little bit that I know is going to be getting, it's already gotten steamed a ton, is Cam Thomas in Brooklyn. Sixth man is an award that's usually won by a winning a guy on a winning team. 
Mm-hmm. That's not what Brooklyn's going to be this year. I mean, in most places, his odds have gone from about six, somewhere between 60 and 80 down to 25, between 15 and 25 to one. So I just want to caution you there. So Jalen Johnson and Luke Kennard, there are a couple guys that I'm thinking of. And in the clutch market, we're just looking for guys that have the ball down the stretch who are going to be on good teams that maybe overperform a little bit like De'Aaron Fox with Sacramento last year. He's got the possibility of doing that again. I mean, you have your usual suspects, Luka Doncic, Damian Lillard, Shea Gilgis-Alexander with the shortest odds. Let me look at Donovan Mitchell at 18 to one. I think he's got an interesting opportunity. And then Jamal Murray's not being thought about just because of Nikola Jokic being there. But sometimes down the stretch, Murray is the guy that's getting those shots. He's at 40. So those are the two guys that I would put for that award. Okay, very good. Uh, Something we have new, the in-season tournament. You can bet on the winner. You can bet on group winners. And the MVP, I've noticed we have much better odds because people don't know how teams are going to attack the in-season tournament. And a lot of betters are just saying, you know what, give me the long shot. Give me the high-ceiling guy. How should we attack this? I feel similarly. Early on, just try and find value. Look at the numbers. As I look in the East, I think Group A is fairly stacked without, you know, Philly's a big question mark. But if you wanted the have Cleveland, Atlanta, or Indiana, I think you could very easily justify any of those picks. I probably would go away from Indiana just because I don't think they match up quite as well with those other teams being bigger. In Group B, the Bucks are the Bucks. They're exactly what they are. But if you need someone to care about the regular season, it is Tom Thibodeau and your New York Knicks. Plus 380, <laughs> if I was to make a bet there. I haven't placed that one yet, but I would think about it. Group C, I really do think it's going to be the Boston Celtics, they're going to probably steamroll this group. If I was to bet anybody else to win the group, it'd be Orlando at plus 650. And then in the West, Memphis is getting a real good number, even against Phoenix and the Lakers. I do worry about the Lakers' size against them. But again, it's only four games in the group stage. You see what you can do there. Probably no play. In group B, if they were healthy, I would have bet the Pelicans. I don't trust Dallas. I don't trust the Clippers as much. I think that is just going to be Denver. And Group C is where it could get fun, where the Warriors are wounded right now. They're older. I don't trust them. Minnesota and OKC, plus 330 and plus 350 respectively, I think have a real opportunity to win that group. So at that point, this could be the Oklahoma City coming out party to where you're looking at Shea at 30-1 to for MVP. That would be a lot of fun. Yep. Or you're just looking to take long shots on maybe someone like Anthony Edwards at 40 if they end up getting out of that group and are able to keep advancing and end up winning. So you're just looking for best player on whoever ends up winning. So if we're working under the assumption, let's look for some longer odds. Those are some guys that I would definitely take a look at. But then also, it's not like you're getting that terrible of odds on anybody in these situations. Jokic has the shortest odds, and you're seeing that at around 11, 12 to 1. So I think there's an opportunity to make some money here. And I also think, especially in that MVP market, you can maybe wait a little bit, see how it starts to play out, how teams are handling it. You might Mm -hmm. lose a little bit of value, but you can still make a good bet. Yeah, I I would think that there would be some voters looking at younger players thinking, look, Shea's probably going to win it down the road. The regular season MVP, it's not his time yet, but let's give him this. Mm -hmm. I I could certainly see that, but it's going to end up being the best player. 
on the team that ends up winning it. So yes. but you, you can get better value. You can get better value betting him for the in-season MVP as opposed to regular season MVP, which is something I prefer. All right, less than 30 seconds. You're still alive in my survivor pool. Good job. I didn't even realize until you texted me the other day about how stressed you are about it. Where are you going? I don't think I'm going to overthink it. I'm going with the Chargers this week against the Bears. Oh, the Bajancy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, somehow I think I'll survive. Uh, I, I think I'll be okay <laughs> with taking Justin Herbert, even though he hasn't had the best year against the Bears. It's just a bit of a step up from the Raiders to the Chargers. Yeah, I'd say so. Thank you, Campy. Follow him on X at Rick C. Camp at Rick C. Camp. I'm on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. Now, speaking of Survivor, we'll hit up your options, and it looks to be a tough slate of games, but I have some sides, totals, and props. That's next. Early odds. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Joe Ostrowski, Saturday mornings 8 to 9 on 670 The Score and the Odyssey app. Early odds of Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The score. The score listener line is powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Before we get to Jim Miller, I promise some sides, totals, and props. Don't have as much conviction this week as usual. Just some ideas that uh, I'm running through my head. I'll go through them here. Starting with Bengals plus four at the Niners. San Francisco trying to avoid a third straight loss. It's Sam Darnold time but they're home where they've covered 10 in a row. Joe Burrow and the Bengals coming off a bye. He's got to be better, right? Got to be better than the last time we saw Burrow with that extra rest. I'm good with Cincinnati as a dog or Burrow over one and a half touchdown passes. 
This is gross, but the Giants plus three against the Jets. Tyrod Taylor is in for Daniel Jones again, and that matters. Tyrod significantly better. Give me Tyrod getting a field goal over Zach Wilson. The Vikings Packers favorite keeps flipping. Uh, remember when Kirk Cousins couldn't get into the red zone against the Bears a couple weeks ago? Let's not go too far on the Vikes here without Justin Jefferson. By low time on Green Bay, they're healthier. Aaron Jones, Christian Watson, Jair Alexander all look good to go, so Jordan Addison shouldn't snap like he did on Monday. It's Packers are nothing here. First to 20 in Cleveland, Seattle wins. P.J. Walker cut by the Bears. The Browns quarterback once again. And he's awful. Geno Smith doesn't look like he did last year. And he's facing the league's best defense. Browns down to their third running back. Kenneth Walker's hobbled under 38 in the hook in this rock fight. Teaser options. Chargers minus two and a half. Lions minus two and a half. That'll be a popular pair Sunday to Monday night. Steelers plus eight and a half at home. Tomlin is phenomenal as a home dog. Titans plus eight and a half. Even with the rookie QB looks good. Remember what DJ Moore did to the commander secondary? Watch out for A.J. Brown. He already got 175 and two touchdowns on them this year. He's averaged 140 yards the last five games and smashes man coverage. Washington plays man coverage. Over 87.5 for A.J. Brown. The first and second picks face off in Texans-Panthers. Both teams off the bye. Carolina's defense has entered Broncos territory. Their secondary missing just about everyone. C.J. Stroud's prop is 238.5 passing yards. He's gone over that number five of six games. Stroud is a top-five quarterback when he is not pressured. Panthers don't get home. Stroud props look good. All right, time for our weekly contributor, Jim Miller of Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, let's quickly look back at what happened because there's been a few times this season where we've kind of pointed out, hey, you know what? The public is doing really well. They're doing really well. Well, all that flipped. We knew it was going to happen soon enough, and it occurred in week seven. An absolute bloodbath for the public. The seven most popular sides at most sports books all lost, many of them favorites, and they lost outright. Buffalo, Vegas against the Bears, Buccaneers, San Francisco on Monday night, Cleveland, they won, did not cover against Indy, Detroit, Green Bay. L.A. Rams, the books have dominated over the last couple of weeks, my friend. And they have dominated. And like we talked about, everything reverts to the mean. And it's mm -hmm. always going to. It's why the books do as well as they do. Now it's making the adjustment for us as gamblers and what you want to do. Looking forward, see where there's any shift. We talked even about scoring, scoring. It was like under, 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 under. Yep. The NFL wants scoring. Scoring is going to be promoted. Scoring is going to get evened out a little bit as well, too. I think you're going to start to see that trend begin to turn now as well. So I'm curious to see. I think everything for the sides is kind of leveled out a little bit. Let's see what happens on the totals now. And what do you know, Jim? Things have turned for me. So I usually align with the books. I don't intentionally do that. It's just my style of betting. I'm not going to take the team laying points on the road that everybody's talking about where, uh, oh, the public team of the week. I got to follow them. Got to follow Miami. Loser. Oh, now Buffalo's a hot team. Loser. Detroit's a hot team. Loser. Feels like this week the hot team's the Ravens because of the way they dismantled the Lions last week. Oh, man. Oh, man. And I like the Lions last week, but I'll tell you, it's, 
You watch the experts out there. Some people have the Lions on the top of the NFL. I know. Get out. And then now all of a sudden, now the Ravens are on top of the NFL. It's absolutely ridiculous. The way things move in that, it's really surprising to me. And it, it shouldn't be surprising because there's so much chatter out there. And that's what it is. But you have to bet wisely. You have to watch the way things kind of unfold there. And I really think that's kind of the route to go is just really look at these games. Look into not only the injuries. Look at the teams coming off bye weeks now because they're getting into the buys. Look at the shift in odds, too, and the shift in the movement of the lines because so much does happen, and there's been a lot of shifts even late in the week, too. No buys this week. Very strange. Week 8, we have no buys, so a lot of games to go over. So let's take a look in Survivor. We have a number of options. Next week is going to be really difficult. Yeah. But this week... You're spoiled for choice. I see one, two, three, four, five, six games above a touchdown. And then you have three more games that are just inside of a touchdown when looking at the point spread. The very top, everybody's between seven and 10. Miami hosting New England, Baltimore at Arizona, Chargers and Bears on Sunday night, Lions and Raiders on Monday night, the Chiefs at the Broncos. That's above a touchdown, a divisional matchup there. And then there's that other group just inside of a touchdown, which will not be popular picks. It's the Cowboys against the Rams, the Eagles at the Commanders in a divisional matchup, the Niners taking on the Bengals, Cincinnati coming off a bye. Niners have lost two in a row now. A lot of interesting spots here. It feels like there there isn't going to be any one gym that is overwhelmingly popular like we saw last week with Seattle. They were 60% in just about every single survivor pool. It's like, okay, where do you want to go? Which teams do you have available? And how much do you trust it? Are you concerned about it being a primetime spot? Are you concerned about it being a divisional matchup? I think you have to be concerned about divisional matchups for one. And you have to be concerned about teams coming off buys. Teams just tend to play better coming off buys with the additional week of prep work. So the way I've always really tried to play Survivor is unless my back's up against the wall, I try to avoid road teams. So I tossed out Philly at Washington this week. I tossed out KC at Denver. I tossed out Baltimore at Arizona. Home teams this year, and even though home teams haven't had the greatest of years this year, it's been a little bit different. You just have to worry about that a little bit at home. The move to the mile high for KC, that's something that concerns me with the air. The move to the heat for Baltimore going to Arizona, you worry about that after they just traveled from London a couple of weeks ago. Philly and Washington divisional matchups always a battle. The safe play is probably Miami against New England, but how many people have Miami left? So then it leaves you coming to some other teams. The Chargers against the Bears, and that's the game we'll touch on a little bit more in a little bit. Detroit, man, they were really not very good last week. Do they bounce back against the Raiders? To me, my play this week is going to be Dallas at home against the Rams. They're coming off the bye. The Rams are a team that, yeah, they've played okay of late, but the Rams were a team that I just don't know. I think Dallas is that team that has the secondary that can match up with Cooper Cup. They just kind of have everything lining up off that bye week, getting healthy, coming into this matchup, the number six and a half right now. And Dallas is a team that I don't think a lot of people are going to play in Survivor, so that's the route I would go this week. Well, Mike Tomlin's defense did a very good job on Cooper Cup last week in their loss against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers were a yep. team that that I liked. They were coming off the bye, a three-point underdog. It was Puka Nakua that, that did the damage. Yep. He is now your second favorite for Offensive Rookie of the Year. Would not shock me if he were to pass C.J. Stroud at some point and to take home that award. But um, 
Yeah, that's an interesting look. You got Dallas against the LA Rams. I would be worried about the coaching disadvantage that you have there. You want to be on the McVay side over the McCarthy side. Look, I'm between two. And part of it is because of what I have available. But I will say at the very top, you mentioned Miami-New England. Divisional matchup. Is New England going to do it again? Probably not. Probably not. I think the Dolphins should bounce back, too, off their Sunday night loss. I would rather take a road team than take one with a divisional matchup. But that's where we differ a little bit. I'm in two different pools. I have one spot in each. Jim, I think I'm going to split the decision. Oh, yeah. I have not split it yet, but I'm going to this week. The Chargers are just that team. Yes, it makes all the sense in the world. They should win. That's all they have to do. They they have to win. They're that team for me. Whether we're talking about the Padres, the Chargers, the Jaguars, there's one team that always kills me, and it's probably going to be the Chargers. But I get it. The spot makes sense. The point spread makes sense from the perspective of Bajan, undrafted rookie quarterback, steps in, team rallies around him. Is he going to play that well on the road? Is he going to play that well going against Justin Herbert as opposed to going against Brian Hoyer? There's a massive difference. So I'm going to use one on the Chargers for sure. And speaking of bounce back, speaking of Raiders quarterback play, and they're bad at everything like we talked about last week. They're just god-awful, and it starts with the head coach. But the line should be just fine. I know it's kind of a dicey Sunday night, Monday night. That's what I'm doing. One on the Chargers, one on the Lions. It comes down to your availability. You have those teams available. That's something that you have to look at. Look at. For me, I just, I'm just i so curious about the Bears' play right now. And the reason I say that, Joe, is some of the decisions that they've made are just really interesting of late. Think about it. Okay, the Bears have won the toss in the last couple of games and chosen to take the ball, not defer to the second half. Mm-hmm. And trying to set the tone trying to set the tone for the game on the ground, slow things down a little bit, and you keep yourself in the game, especially if you go out there and can score on the first drive. So that's something that really is going to be interesting in that game as well because I don't think the Chargers are going to want to slow things down. But at the same time, I think that Chargers defense isn't nearly as good as even the Raiders defense, and the Raiders weren't great by any means, but I think the Raiders are a better defense than the Chargers. So that was the thing that scared me in that game a little bit. I do think Detroit does bounce back against the Raiders. Detroit's so good on both lines. I just don't think they throw in that dud in back-to-back weeks like they did last week. It's going to be much different for Bajant on the road. Now, it could be advantage Bears when it comes to the crowd. So I don't think that's a big deal, but it's a little bit different. Everybody isn't behind him. They're missing Mike Williams. They don't have that deep threat. That is really hurting the offense a bit. Uh, Staley's just, again, Eberflus isn't good but he might have a coaching advantage. It was McDaniels last week, and it's Staley this week. So I, the Chargers should win, but would it surprise me if the Bears go out there and win? No, it would not surprise me in the least. And uh, we also mentioned the Lions. So this week, a lot of options. Next week, let's assume we get there. That's going to be the tough one. That That's one you're going to have to really stress about a little bit. Early odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670. The Score Weekly contributor Jim Miller is here of Hawthorne Racecourse. And Jim, you love the NBA. You love them. I do. But do you love them this year? The win total is 37 and a half. Last year, they go under the win total. Good number was set at 41 and a half. They end up with 40 wins. The betters were on it. They were betting bulls under because of what was going on with Lonzo, and they were right. 
two years ago, they were right as well. Remember all that excitement, all that steam about the Bulls, and they uh, they smoked the win total. It was 42.5, then they went 46. So we go from 46 wins to 40 wins to now 37.5, and, and they're running it all back. Uh, are, are you going to give me the positivity? You're going to spin it positive like you always do with the Bulls, Jim? Yeah. Oh, good luck. Here's the, here's the thing, Joe. All right. Last year, they, they had their big three, their quote-unquote big three. They're all back they, this they year. Don't, they don't have a big three. They don't have they a have big three. three. They have their three. They have their three. How about, let, let's put it th- that. Okay. Those but are Joe, best players, yes. They won 40 games last year. Great. With with their three. Uh-huh. Why is the number at 37 and a half? Because right, they're going to take another step back, just like last but, year. But are they? Yeah, I think so. Are they going to take a three-game step back? All right, who got better in the East? All right, the Bucks mm-hmm. got better in the East. The James Harden is making a whole debacle over over everything that he does. Um, the Celtics we know are going to be good, but aren't the bad teams still going to be bad? The Pistons aren't going to be much better. The Hornets aren't going to be much better. I don't know what the Magic are going to be. The Magic's number's the same as the Bulls. Are the Magic a better team than the Bulls? Yeah, but there's the Sixers and the Cavs and the Heat, and the Knicks were pretty good, and I think the Hawks are going to take a step forward. The Hawks may take a little bit of a step forward, but they were a 40, uh, 41 and 41 team last year. What are they, 43, 44? I, just, I think 37 and a half is a little bit too low. I think this is a team that hovers around 500, the very similar record as last year, 40 and 42 last year. They have some ability. They have some talent there, yes. Okay, the big three, like you said, is a three. But at least they're back, and they're playing together. It's not like you're trying to incorporate new faces into the lineup by any means. I just think this is a team that hovers around 500. I would play over for sure. Wake me up when the Patrick Williams thing happens that I've been hearing about. Let me know when I, I'm that's the one thing I've never been a fan of <laughs> I did, all, all the, all the hype train there. Hey, the one thing they did was they got him a whole ton of, ton of minutes in the preseason, whether it pays off or not. I don't know, but that, that was a pick. I didn't really like from the start and I don't like the amount of minutes he gets by any means. I did see plus plus one sixty for the bulls to make the playoffs. Remember that's after the play in tournament. Yep. The two teams left. So uh, I don't think they're going to be one of those teams. I see minus 200 for them to miss, and I get it. They're the second favorite to participate in the play-in. So that's interesting that the betting market, even though they're down on the bulls a bit, they're saying, yeah, but they're going to make it in the play-in. They'll be between the seven and the 10 seed once again. So that makes sense. All right, you're higher on the bulls than I am. Hopefully you end up being right. Jib, what about the horses today? Yeah, and you know we'll revisit the Bulls throughout the course of the year, too. All right, we're just coming up to the Breeders' Cup. We're a week away from the Breeders' Cup next week, so that'll be the focus there. This weekend, the focus is at Keeneland. Three horses to bet across the board. Race six, let's bet the one horse, Normandy Hero, across the board. Race eight, let's bet the four, Smoky Mandate, across the board. And race nine, the nine, O'Connor, across the board. And make more money for NBA, World Series, and NFL Sunday, Joe. Jim Miller, Hawthorne Racecourse. Let's do it again next Saturday. It's going to be a tough conversation with Survivor. Best of luck, Jim. Hey, as long as we're alive, it's good, Joe. Good luck. Thank you, Jim. And Rick Camp, earlier this hour, with all sorts of NBA futures options. It's all there on the Odyssey app. I won't be on BetMGM game day tomorrow morning at 7, but you should still listen. Spending the weekend in South Bend catching Notre Dame Pitt this afternoon. Remember, weekdays, 8 to 11 a.m., it's BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network, 105.9 FM, HD2. 
the Odyssey app, twitch.tv slash BetQL. Find the links to all my shows on X at Joe Ostrowski at Joe Ostrowski. Inside the Clubhouse with Bruce Levine and David Haw is next. Catch those tickets and keep it locked right here on 670 The Score. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files to the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, 
Phoenix, and Rhode Island. Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.